This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am... You know, within within all things considered, <laughs> caveat, 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 within the individuality that is today, I am doing okay. Okay. I think that is a very good answer. Caveat, caveat. <laughs> it, it almost sounded like you were going to say caviar, like that was the new version of duck, duck, gray duck or duck, duck, goose. <laughs> caveat, 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 caveat. And then the caviar <laughs> runs. Uh, yeah, I think that's great. Uh, I thought for a second when I said, how are you, you started saying within and I thought maybe this is just because we've been watching a lot of uh, Star Trek and it's a very Star Trek phrase. I thought you were going to say within parameters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's fair enough. Within certain parameters, I'm doing pretty well. Within other parameters, really not. That's really great. Yeah, because we could all say, you know, how are you? And then mm-hmm. you could respond. Depending on your definition of okay, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. What are the parameters with which we're answering this question? If somebody... If you ask somebody, how are you, in just a casual hello way, yeah, and they responded like that, would you take that as an invitation to ask more questions or to move on from the conversation? Ooh, it depends on how well I know the person. Okay. Like right. if it was just a person I was meeting them for the first time, right? Um, which I shouldn't be doing anyway right now because of staying at home. These are theoretical, theoretical. after times when we're getting oh. used to saying hello, how are you to people again in person. Oh, but okay. But if we're in after times... And somebody said that, yeah, I might say like, okay, well, what I'm, I'm curious, what are your parameters? Oh, yeah, because that might be helpful information. Yeah, because I mean, everybody has their own parameters. And I you could easily make a lot of assumptions if you don't know what their parameters are. Yeah, because their parameters might be totally different than your parameters. Yeah, I, I, I always get excited about ideas that sound great, but obviously uh, are challenging and sometimes <laughs> I myself wouldn't do. But I am fascinated by the by a society where it would be socially acceptable to just like run down the three top things that are keeping you from being okay. Yeah. And that was just socially acceptable to just be like, I have some family stress. Uh, my knee hurts and I just got disappointing uh, news about a project. But other than that, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that would be just like, you know, not TMI, which... You know, in a lot of situations, it is. If you're just like, I'm going to Menards to buy a, you know, a pot for a plant or whatever. Yeah. It's probably considered TMI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I like that. And I like the idea that you could say like, yeah, there's these three challenges. But other than that, I'm OK that they aren't contradictory to each other because it embraces nuance, which I love. Uh, but I would feel bad for the checkout person who had to say that over oh, and over true. and over again. Right. Or do they like just start come up with like... They're like, okay, here's my game. Today, my game is parameters. I'm going to have a different set of parameters for every person who asks me. Right. But I really take your point about people who have to answer that again and again. Like, welcome to Menards. I'm going through a divorce. Welcome to Menards. I'm going through a divorce. That would not be fun. That would not be good. See, I tried out the idea. And then you helpfully pointed out some flaws. We workshop. (laughs) We workshop. How are you? Welcome to Obsessed and where we workshop how to answer how are you uh, in the now times and in the after times when we talk to each other in person without masks, which I think will happen again someday in a while. Without masks in a while. (laughs) In a while. In a while. Patience uh, and fortitude and all those things. But today we're going to talk about something that is very much of the moment uh, mm-hmm. of, it, I think, an obsession that we have, I would say, mm-hmm. right now, but maybe not all year round. 
And that is Christmas trees. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said Christmassy trees because uh, that's uh, often what I say uh, at home. I don't know why. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, adding a why to things sometimes makes it even more exciting. Yeah, yeah. It describes them a little bit more. It's like, you know, this tree, it's kind of, it's kind of Christmassy. Like, no, it is a <laughs> Christmas tree. That's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. A holiday tree for some people, a Christmas tree for other people, uh, or both. Let's dive in. Uh what is it? You suggested this. This is a great topic uh, suggestion. Thank because, you. You know, you and I go back and forth of do we have something that we are truly obsessed with? Is there something we're watching right now? It would be fun to talk about. Uh, and you came up with this very seasonable, seasonal obsession, seasonable obsession. Uh, so why? Why? <laughs> why did it occur to you to talk about them? Why do you love Christmas trees? Kind of give me big picture what they mean to you, what they make you feel kind of like the big picture stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it came up because I was, you asked me at a time when I was not at home um, and I was at work. <laughs> just did not make it be, uh, you know, where was she? Uh, and I was looking forward to coming home and seeing the Christmas tree. And so I was like, oh, you know, I think I actually have a lot of opinions about a, about Christmas trees. And within, for me, within the holiday season, they I think they play a bigger um, part than I maybe had thought about until I was thinking about it in those split seconds on that phone call. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, let's talk about it. Nice. Okay. So when you walk in the door, mm-hmm. if you have uh, been at work, mm-hmm. masked and distanced and yep. all that, because uh, sometimes you do have to go to work, mm-hmm. um, and we try to be good for one another and, and, remind, and, and remember to turn on the Christmas tree so that, uh, you know, it's on in the evening mm-hmm. for fun. Uh, when you walk in and see maybe the apart, maybe the sun has already gone down, the apartment's a little dark, but the Christmas tree has got all of its weird ornaments and it's glowing away. What do you feel? Joy. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And I often forget. I mean, the, this should be no surprise to anybody who's listened to this podcast more than once. And here's how often I forget that. How are you is the second question. First question. Um, and. I just kind of, you know, by then I've been driving home or at the grocery store or whatever, and I've been dealing with getting up the stairs and my bags are heavy and whatever, and I walk in the door. And and the way we have it set up right now, when we open the door to our apartment, one of the first things in view is the Christmas tree. Right. It's just bam, Christmas tree. So it's tree. right there. And it's just that sudden, that pleasant, like, just little, little burst of joy, just a little smile of like, oh, hello and it's kind of like a little reminder to to breathe and to smile and to yeah yeah so you and i have talked about the holidays and the meaning of this time of year and and all of the different uh holidays uh many of the different cultural holidays Mm -hmm. uh that are december times and midwinter times and we've both really focused on that idea of the light and the darkness that the the winter you know is a is a time where you have to remember <laughs> that the warmth will come again, you know, in some, a lot of parts of the world, a lot of cultures, the, you know, more easy mobility, the, you know, access to food, all, all those things, you know, mm-hmm. and that there's something that has translated through all, all of these years, all of these cultures of that glowing light on the tree is that reminder of home and safety and comfort and warmth that you need to boost you in mm-hmm. dark times. Uh, is that, is that what it is? Is that where the joy is coming from? Or is that going too deep? Is it just that it's a tradition? Um, I think for me, there's also specifically with Christmas trees an element of the festive. Mm. 
So I think um, because I, I absolutely uh, agree with, you know, kind of finding the the lightness and the dark and the, the comfort within the cold, which isn't as much of an issue here in Los Angeles, but, um, you know, <laughs> Uh, hypothetically, uh, and in the grand scheme of things. The comfort in the 54 the degrees in the morning. Yeah. No yeah. insulation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've spent enough time with winter, <laughs> uh, with snow and things, I mean. Um, no, but I think part of it is very much the celebration of a festive season. Mm. And I think to me, um, just kind of within various holiday memories and um, activities over the years that the tree, the Christmas tree has kind of come to be one of the elements that symbolizes that to me the most Yeah, of just um, here's a, a, a celebration of festivity. Yeah. Expressed in physical object. Yeah. And I, I think the whole light and the darkness thing does make sense to me. I think there's some deep uh, truth to that, mm-hmm. but then also going with just my own personal life experience you know i like the holidays over the years i've i've had years where i'm like i kind of go all in and do elaborate presents for family and friends and 800 shows and i've had times where holidays are do a lot of stuff but there's also a part of me that's like can get grumpy about the holidays of just like i don't need to garland everything in sight because what i want is the time off to sit in <laughs> And have a break from everything going, going, going. I think that mm-hmm. I think to me that the light in the darkness in reality has been uh, the calm in the chaos. Mm, yeah. And for me, the joy of the Christmas tree, and I think I associate this even with my uh, you know family growing up, was you know I'd be off from school, my dad would be off from work, everything would be calmed down, quieted down in the world, and there'd be this you know fun weird bit uh uh just the tree is glowing and that kind of means it's it's calm time Mm, it's you know mm -hmm. it's dark the lights are a little low but that there's that glowing there and i think if i'm really honest about it from my childhood too it's i've talked about this a lot on the podcast of i so gravitated to anything that was out of the norm and that's part of i think what what drew me to star wars or to superheroes long before i could articulate why i like them uh, is just seeing something that's bizarre and different mm-hmm. and uh, christmas trees when you think about it are like almost a little bit of fantasy like what we bring a tree into our home and then we put weird things on it and then it glows in the dark like a spaceship mm-hmm. and i think there's a joy of it for that of just like almost like a fantasy object you know we do we do have you know in, in all of our different cultures lots of other traditions but i think that there's something about the christmas tree like there isn't like you know the easter uh, you know, chandelier, you know, <laughs> like you hide <laughs> eggs and that's kind of weird and fun, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. The, the tree is just sort of like the, let's insert a fantasy art sculpture yeah, <laughs> in our home in the weirdness of it. I yeah. think also I, I've always felt drawn to, and then I think comforted by things that are odd or different because it made me feel like it, it, I'm, I'm normal because, yeah. you know, in a lot of societal ways from a young age, I was made to feel like you are the odd one out. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I think there's a, a lot wrapped up in it for me for Christmas trees. Yeah, I love that um, idea of it as kind of a fantastical object. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it looks like some weird thing you beamed into your home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I don't want to negate how much I do love the light on the tree in the dark. Like I was just specifically meaning when I walk home now but I also have very strong memories from growing up 
of like the tree would be the last light you know in the house to be un- unplugged yeah know? and so just that magic yeah it, it always felt magic and and i think i mean i i don't think it is remotely the only reason that i like it but as i talk about a lot i spent a lot of years doing the nutcracker right and the growing tr- christmas tree and just kind of that idea of the christmas tree as a one of the symbols of the holidays but also of the magic of the holidays i think just permeated uh pretty deeply into yeah. my conscience but that's great that you use the word festive so it's it's not calm quiet magic for you always some of it is active magic of great the trees up let's sing and dance <laughs> and yeah. fight uh, large mice or toy soldiers <laughs> Yeah, and I think maybe that's why I like it is because it's a little bit both. Because when there's other lights on, whether it's sun from the outside or whether it's lights on in your home, um, but you still have the Christmas tree lights on, you can see the ornaments, you can feel the festivity, you can sing around, sing and dance around the Christmas tree like we do every night. <laughs> lies, <laughs> just lies. Um, but it also the exact same object when you turn off everything else and just leave those lights on, it becomes a symbol of calm within the chaos. Right. And so it's both, it's both festive and calm and like how many things get to be both. Yeah. And I take back saying lies. I think we did uh, dance to a a slow, gentle song late at night, but it's not like (laughs) you get home from work and like, great, put down your bags and we're going to do a jig. You know, it's not festive dancing. I was, I was joking. I'm much too grumpy right now for festive dancing. (laughs) Uh, so I, I wanted to share a little bit about my perspective, I think, from not just like my my current more writerly, the, what's the theme of the Christmas tree, but also my actual life experience growing up with it. But I want to hear about your uh, Christmas tree experiences as a child. What mm-hmm. what were uh, Christmas trees like in your household, uh, just physically? Um, was there even like uh, ideas or discussions of what makes an ideal Christmas tree. Tell me about that stuff. <laughs> um, there, there certainly were those discussions. Um, I don't remember all the details. So when I, when I was very little, um, I remember there being discussions about. Um, we would usually have a a real tree. I don't even know how much artificial trees were a thing at that time. Um, about long pine, long needle versus short needle. Okay, was a a big discussion at the time, at least within within my family. Um, um, and I don't have any memory of it, my mom or dad who preferred which. Um, but we at least, if not, I don't know if we did this every year, but at least once or twice, we would go um, to places where you can cut down your own tree. Oh, nice. And so you would go to, um, you know, like the the farm that's, you know, you're supposed to cut them down. It's okay. <laughs> you're allowed. <laughs> you, you would sneak onto the lot illegally. <laughs> We would hike the fence. We would all be carrying candles and lanterns. Um, and we, but we would, but I remember it was like an event to get the tree because we would go. We would all have to agree. I'm on the length of the needle. Would you, like, uh, no, no, just like on which tree? Cause you know, right. that's the thing about when you're, especially, um, I have vivid memories that may or may not be accurate of a when we went someplace and it wasn't like a Christmas tree farm where everything's just like lined up in rows. It was like a forest. And so you would go around 
Um, but with open spaces, and there were lots of other people around also cutting down trees, and we paid for them. Like, this is on purpose. I know this is all totally (laughs) normal, but it's just, I'm imagining, like, uh, you know, wood gnomes scattering, like, the humans are here for the trees, run! Right, right, like, they must hate December. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, and I mean, it was somewhere in Minnesota, and we, um, you know, but deciding on, like, oh... We like the sh- do we like the shape of this one or oh we like this one but is it too tall is it too short you know there's always the question about um, number of uh, boughs on the tree versus ornament you know kind of like there's yeah. a lot of things with that but also you're not dealing with a fake tree you're not dealing with a Christmas tree farm where you just have them all lined up next to each other you're also dealing with you know at that point like two fairly young children who are having a lot of fun running around in the snow and being opinionated, but probably aren't <laughs> going to carry the tree. So, um, so I have really fun memories of, of that. Do you remember any of your opinions? Were you running around in the snow going, not enough bows? <laughs> um, I, I think that one actually had to be explained to me. Um, I mean, this, I, as, as you know, because you are married to me, I am. Uh, and as many people listening know, I mean, I, I have had a a love of trees as long as I can remember in my life. And so um, I think I just thought the whole thing was magical. I mean, we're out in a forest. We're there on an adventure. You're on a mission, yeah. We're on an adventure. Okay. Uh, Sorry. I I guess I mean like you have a specific task. We do, but to me it was like um, I I honestly was never uh, got – past the line the witch in the wardrobe of the c.s lewis books sorry um but it was like that idea of adventure like you are in a different world from your daily life this is an adventure and at the end you get to bring a christmas tree home from this magical place okay so you so your little brain wasn't thinking uh goal oriented it was more you what you were about was stepping through the portal into the magic world of of trees totally and, and I, a bonus that one of them came home with you exactly okay. and if i would have seen you know a wood gnome there i my little <laughs> brain would have exploded with happiness um so no it was just it was so much fun and then you know i loved decorating the tree and um you know all of that and making ornaments over the years and you know out of glitter and styrofoam and other things that we were given in art class um and i feel like i might have um mentioned this before probably to you so then kind of like moving forward sorry that one took a long time that's fine um so we lived in washington state for a little while and we actually cut down the christmas tree out of our own yard wow which was pretty amazing uh because it was a tree that i think needed to was going to need to be cut down anyway and it was a it was i think to this day is my mom's favorite christmas tree ever um because it was just it was beautiful and what an amazing gift to be able to move something you're gonna have to take it down from where it is anyway and then you get to bring it inside from your own yard and have it be in your house as your christmas tree yeah um so that was pretty magical and then um i lived in iowa for a while um when we went to high school in iowa and there the christmas tree tradition changed a little bit and it became at least for a few years that my dad and i would go get the christmas tree oh wow and he had a friend who ran a christmas tree farm um and there i i think he did have some that were pre-cut but i think we would usually cut one but they were more like lined up like a farm okay and um but it was it was like 
our our like dad and daughter day. Nice. So it was super fun. So I just I think part of it is I have a lot of really strong positive memories with the process of just choosing the tree and bringing it into your house and then decorating was always a a thing but a fun thing. Yeah. And then you get to see this thing that's both festive and magical. Yeah. And so I just have a lot of positive associations with it. Okay. And like obviously it's a, a real tree. Yeah. So a little different every year. Yeah. I, I imagine in, in general size and, and number of boughs and all that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously there it sounds like there are some traditional ornaments and some new ones uh, as the years went on. Mm-hmm. What were what were the lights like when you were a kid? Were they multicolored? Were they white? Were they big? Were they small? I think when I was little they were still big. Um, but multicolored. Okay. If I, I think. And did you do popcorn or any other odd wrappings? So I was my own person <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> liked to uh, come up with fun ideas for my family. And my mother was um, often indulgent of those ideas. So I know at least one, if not two years, I decided we needed to have popcorn and cranberries on the tree. And cranberries. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I made popcorn and bought it, made us buy a bag of cranberries at the grocery store and made us string popcorn and cranberries. And at least my mom and I did it and we put them on the tree. And The only food I am even remotely knowledgeable <laughs> about is frozen pizza. So you're going to have to help me out. What happens to cranberries when you hang them on a christmas tree and it stays there for weeks um they dry out and do they just do they just kind of turn into beautiful husks or do they like start dripping off um i honestly don't remember it's been a while um (laughs) and i think some years i got super ambitious was like we're gonna do this and everyone's just like sarah (laughs) no (laughs) with a smile but it's not a popcorn and cranberry year (laughs) yeah yeah i think i i often had lots of grand ideas Fair enough. Okay, so I can I can picture this. This gives me a lot of uh, background information about your relationship uh, with uh, Christmas trees. Honestly, we should have done this podcast a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was the lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's just I think uh, you and I have been through this journey. Like I said, of at times in our our history as partner friends, uh, we have had. Uh, extremely active holidays, and then we've we've realized that we you know have been biting off more than we can chew, mm-hmm. and then had more calm holidays. But I think the the holidays for me have come, uh, like I'm happy to put the tree up, but for me it is a mission. It's because I want the tree up, and it sounds like so much of your life experience it has been. This is the adventure, and you know the journey is the joy for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, part of it was like you know I was. I was a kid and I was lucky enough to have my parents make that be an experience that could happen. Um, And there were a few years where I just like life was too busy and I didn't think I was going to get to go help my dad pick out the Christmas tree. Um, Just with, you know, like, like we've talked about before, we've both very much celebrated the holiday season by being involved in lots of holiday performances. (laughs) Um, And I think when you're, I didn't think I was going to go and then surprise him and met him there because like, my rehearsal finished in time or something. So, And is there a Hallmark movie about this? 
Uh, no, but there is one of my favorite pictures ever of my dad and I. Oh, that was taken at the Christmas tree farm when he when you surprised him. Uh, we had we got the Christmas tree and it was on the roof of our car, and uh, we had his friend who ran the place take a picture of us. Well, I, I will uh, try to uh, pitch the uh, Hallmark Channel on uh, Christmas tree farm surprise. <laughs> right? <laughs> come on, come on. The heartwarming. It's got Christmas everything special. in there. Um, yeah, but but I will say that you know since then um, I. Th- I think my parents these days, you know, do put up uh, an artificial tree, partially because, you know, with busy lives, you're not always, um, you know, home as much for for Christmas. And you want to if you want to have a tree up, it's safer. Yeah, it's safer and it's in the it's less maintenance. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So I've got a good picture of of the Christmas tree itself, of the, you know, your your process. Uh, I want to talk about presents. Because in some ways, Christmas trees are uh, hats for presents, right? They're shelters for presents. (laughs) They're shelters. They're present shelters. Mm -hmm. Uh, What? How? How much of the magic of Christmas trees is that they do have this? It's not a functionality, right? It's like it's a part of their mystique that that's where the presents go, right? Mm -hmm. And that you see them pile up, and that they they are those presents are shrouded under there. They're protected. Uh, They're visible, but they're kind of in this uh, space of mystery, and they're out for you to see the the shapes and sizes and think about and all that yeah how much of the the magic of the christmas tree is it being a uh, a present shelter mm. that's interesting because i actually hadn't thought about that at all as i was thinking about talking about this today i was really just focused on the tree um but i do like presents and i do like the mystery of wrapped presents underneath the tree so i think that is i think it adds to it it adds to the festivity um and then being a lover of history, there's also kind of, you know, historical trees and times where like sometimes what people would do is they would just tie the presents onto the tree and things oh. like that, like different ways of displaying when you get a present or like the tree itself would be like, here's brand- your PS5 hanging from the tree. <laughs> I mean, I wonder how you did it with some <laughs> presents, you know, or even like the unveiling of the tree itself being like, that's the big thing on Christmas Eve is you trim the Christmas tree. Right. Like the ta-da. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if it was the huge cultural shift and there was a new fun tradition where people, you know, lined the presents along their ceiling with, you know, anti-grav technology, whatever. <laughs> if there was some kind of fun cultural shift that we wanted to try something new and the tree was just the tree and it was not a shelter for presents. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I realize everyone's traditions are different and not everybody uses it that way. But but you and I have. Would that lessen the tree for you if there were not presents under it? No, I don't think it would actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Would it for uh, you? Um, no, it completes it. You know, because I, you and I are going through this uh, right now. <laughs> going through it, it sounds so <laughs> dramatic. Uh, but we put the tree up. I love uh, uh, having the tree up. Um, sometimes I love the process of putting it up. <laughs> uh, but I love having it up. And then we remember sometimes a little bit too late. It's like, oh yeah, we need to wrap things early so we can have the joy of just looking at the presents underneath there. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think often in my family, the presents wouldn't go underneath there until like sometimes Christmas Eve day. And we were a family that generally, uh, we opened everything but one present on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in quote, Santa would leave one present on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often it wasn't it wasn't long that they were underneath there. Yeah. Uh, so I think maybe that made it even more magical. Mm, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, obviously with presents, you can quickly sl- slip into, 
I love it because that's the time that I get things <laughs> and one does not want to be that way. Uh, but I think there is, I think in the positive light, you know, the holidays can be that spirit of, of giving. And as you get older, there's the joy of receiving and the joy of like, I'm looking at that present that I wrapped for this other person. And I, I think I knocked it out of the park or I hope I knocked it out of the park. And so there, there's a general joy of, you know, both the, the giving and receiving mm-hmm. uh, of them. But I think there's just kind of a power in the, I guess, the festive. Yeah. Is like for me, looking at the ornaments that you have your own relationship with and their history and they're either profound or fun and absurd. Uh, and those glowing lights is, you know, in a tree, all, all weird fantasy. But the presents are the part for me that is festive. Interesting. That's like this uh, bit of joy is going to explode out from under this tree. Yeah. But right now it's joy shrouded in mystery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> mysterious joy. Uh, that's what a Christmas tree is to me, a mysterious joy hat. Um, <laughs> what were your first Christmas trees like uh, when they were when you were living with not your family? Because uh, I know that you lived with uh, other people when you were in college. Yeah. What were your What were the first times like where you had to choose a Christmas tree for yourself or had to work with others to compromise on a Christmas tree? Yeah, gosh, uh, that's a really good question. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't, yeah, I don't remember if we had a tree or not. Gosh, I have no idea. I'm going to have to ask people. You were in, we've talked about many times that you went to Edinburgh for part of your college experience Mm -hmm. and you were there over the holidays, right? No, I, um, I arrived on like January 2nd. Okay, and then left in like in, the late summer, right? Yeah. Yep, okay. Late August, early September. Okay, so there were there any Christmas trees still? <laughs> nope. Okay, so nope. You, they you, had just celebrated Hogmanay, so it was post Hogmanay by that point. Okay, so you got no uh, holiday. I got no Scottish holiday. Got to go okay. back. So then, all right. Well, let me ask you this then: when, by the time that you were living in your own apartment, yeah, what did you do for a holiday tree? Yeah, so I had a little tree that we actually do have up this year. So I worked um at a historic house museum at the um within the minnesota historical society for many years the james j hill house and one of my co-workers her husband would make um what she called swedish christmas trees and they're little pine basically like dowels that there's a base and then there's a central dowel and then there's um you know a few side dowels that go in through and it's it's a very bare approach and so she just asked me when she was always very kind um to those of us who were she was one of the older members of staff okay to those of us who were younger she was always very kind and just kind of checking in on us honestly (laughs) to make sure we were okay um and she i think she had brought one one year and she was like oh don makes these and i was like that's so cool i've never seen that and then that year she just you know left on our in our um break room one day she's like here Sarah Don made one for you um, Don being her husband and so I used that for years as my as my Christmas tree and I would just um I was at the same time I think teaching dance and um still doing holiday shows and when you are a dance teacher to little kids you get a lot of um holiday ornaments <laughs> um and so I had a lot of kind of fun holiday ornaments, but because it's a very small tree, I could only put up the very small things. So I would put up different ones each year. And I had like a, it's a a short, like, I don't know, like foot and a half or something. So I would put it on a coffee table. And then as I wrapped presents that I was going to be 
giving to my family, I would put those under the table. Aww. So it still kind of had the Christmas tree hat functionality yeah. that you're looking for, but it had like the magic, but it also had like this fun story. Cause I think that's, you know, like when I put up ornaments, a lot of what I try to think about is like, oh, what's the story behind this ornament or what does this make me think of or what does this make us think of? And so that was fun to have a tree that made me think of somebody else. Yeah, that's great. Now, in the, you didn't do any big tree presentation for yourself when you were living alone because of how busy you were. Why, why did you why did you uh, I don't want to say settle because the Swedish Christmas tree is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But why why did why did that? Why did that feel like your tree when you were used to such grand trees from growing up? Oh, I mean, and and grand trees. But I think for for me, a lot of that was the whole tradition of the holiday season. Yeah. And I was always doing shows. I had a very small apartment by that point. Um, I don't think I ever even considered getting a real tree. Yeah. I didn't like fake trees. Um, because I didn't want plastic trees. <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> we'll that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, and so this was perfect because I liked this and I, um, you know, had a lot of, I had a, a Swedish grandmother and had a lot of connection to her and a Norwegian grandmother. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe it's a Nordic Christmas tree. So it just, it just really fit my needs for that time in my life. It was perfect. Yeah. And so there, I didn't need anything else. Yes. As you said to me. Very early on, uh, when we were dating, uh, I can't even remember what actually caused it. At one point, you turned to me and just said, I really just like wood. <laughs> <laughs> and it is true. It is. It, it, and it is a beautiful little uh, sculpture, almost, of a Christmas tree that mm-hmm. captures, like, the essence of it, the idea of it, yeah. you know, in a really beautiful, minimal way. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's part of, like, I love Christmas trees, but... um one of, my, one of my grandmothers, uh, I was actually talking to my parents about this recently. I don't remember if she had a Christmas tree up or not. Um, she lived by herself and had some health issues, so I think she maybe didn't. But she had a small tabletop ceramic uh, Christmas tree that had little lights. And so you'd turn on the light and it would look like it was lit. And I loved that tree as much as I loved oh, a real tree. yeah. So I think to me, part of it is like, I, I love Christmas trees, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to be... The traditional, like, this is what a tree is like. Like the image of it, the idea of it. It's the idea of it. It's the idea of warmth and festivity and calm and celebration. But like the, you know, going through Christmas tree displays and who has the biggest Christmas tree or the widest Christmas tree or the (laughs) like Christmas tree with the most red balls on it or the Christmas tree with the most unique ornaments like those were never the things where I measured worth (laughs) I'm just I'm just imagining some I honestly I'm sorry in my opinion some just crappy neighborhood (laughs) unnecessarily competitive some person some Steve out there being like I got the widest tree (laughs) in four blocks that's very funny to me (laughs) Um, you also had, uh, work trees. You, you mentioned, did, yeah. uh, when we were talking about doing this yeah. and you were thinking through like, oh, wow, I actually have a lot of thoughts on Christmas tree. <laughs> um, you mentioned James J. Hillhouse. There, obviously there are a lot of holiday programs there. Yeah. There was. We had a tree. There's a ginormous so, tree, right? Yeah. Maybe that's part of why I didn't have the need for it is because I worked a lot and there was a tree at work. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you put your own ornaments and your own presents underneath <laughs> yeah, no, it, right? It was and fine. Nobody... You put cranberries on it, right? It was often one of my jobs. Um, there are quite a few of us. Um, but yeah, we had a um, like a 12 foot um, wow. tree uh, that we How would... wide? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Varied every year. Um, that we would put up um, at the beginning of December. And um, over the years, I was different levels of um, supervisor, manager type things. And so any of us who would kind of open the house in the morning or close the house at night, we would all take turns checking to make sure the tree had enough water. So I spent a lot of time like checking and making sure the tree had enough water and like climbing under the tree and pouring more water in it. And all yeah. That. So, um, yeah, but the um, so the ornaments for that tree. If I may, please do just for a moment. Tell me all about that tree. Anything you want about that tree. <laughs> so, so we actually went through a transition during the time that I was there, and maybe it's transitioned again since then because it's been a while. We used to do um, a holiday program that was called Hill House Holidays, and one of the lines of it was about um, Mrs. Hill liking pink and yellow for the holidays, and this always, you know, was such a fun thing for the guests because they're like, "What." Anything other than red and green? No. And we're like, actually, historically, red and green weren't always the Christmas colors. And so um, so we had like pink and yellow ribbons that we would tie on and little uh, cornucopias because um, one of the things people did used to put on trees would be, um, I think a lot of times, paper cornucopias filled with nuts. Like you fill them with nuts for your Christmas Eve party. Okay. Um, and we did not fill them with nuts. And we had silver ones uh, because they were the hills. Um, silver cornucopias mm -hmm. okay and so like you know we had to make sure they didn't get tarnished and all that uh, to polish the cornucopias cornucopia is that the right word yeah uh, like a little horn thing that hangs yeah. down um and things like that but um one year we had somebody come and do um, a talk about kind of the history of christmas and he had a whole group of people who honestly was obsessed with the history of Christmas and the history of Christmas trees and all that. And they're like, so here are actually the ornaments that would have been on a tree like this at this time. So then after that, they came every year and decorated the tree for us. Wow. Yeah. And, and what was, kind of things were on it? Just like, uh, what, money? What did they no. used to put on it? So a lot of times it would be like, think cut from magazines, like uh, like there are pictures of dolls or old pictures of Santas. Oh. And, and they did give have... Uh, think we might have still put the silver cornucopias on it as well as maybe some paper ones but a lot of and things made out of paper or cut yeah like cut from magazines because because people used to love the risk of fire well and christmas trees were still very new right and um and we did have we never lit them you know of course i would say of course but that doesn't of course but we never lit them but we did have um candles that we would clip you know on there because of course if they were to light the tree or if they were to light the tree as a Yes, Christmas light that they would light. Sorry, I got lost in all my lights. <laughs> and you've got lights behind you. Um, that they would actually, you know, like light the candles. Um, right, of course. Which was, of course, actually part of the play of somebody standing behind there with water buckets. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was a whole separate um, insight into Christmas yeah. trees. Oh, so that's really great. So you uh, you had um, both work, you had work reasons to interact with it mm -hmm. and to learn about it mm -hmm. and to appreciate it. Did you ever, in the course of the day, just stop and sort of take it in and almost like have a uh, a personal moment with the tree? Um, I would say like in the years when I was opening or closing, um, those moments early in the morning or late at night 
are just kind of the magic moments to me with yeah. trees. It's, you know, like during the day you're kind of, it's the hustle and the bustle and it's the festivity yeah. with everybody around you. And it was a really busy time of um, of year for a, a museum as it is for most places. Yeah. So during the day, no, but at night when it was that moment of calm yeah. or in the morning when it was that moment of calm, like it's the the dawn and the dusk moments yeah. when everything just kind of like the seconds feel like they take an extra beat. They yeah. don't. I know that, but they feel like they do. <laughs> That's really, really great. That's beautiful. Uh, you mentioned processing uh, your acceptance of fake trees. <laughs> Uh, we have a, a fake tree that is our tree that has become a part of our tradition. How did you tell me about coming around to fake trees? How did it happen for you? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a a battle for a long time and I had a hard time with cutting down trees also. Um, so there is kind of the push pull of which is better, but then it's plastic and blah, blah, blah. Um, honestly, I think, for me, one of the things that really um, turned me around for at least for us and for our lives is we have had a real tree at least once, I think once. Um, and just the the reality of of our lives, mm-hmm. honestly, here in Los Angeles, the reality of fire danger, like I am a little terrified of trees and fire. And I, so I, I think that's kind of how I came around you, to it. Sounds like you worked in a historic house where you had candles on, an, on a live tree. <laughs> I mean, we never lit them. Yeah. But, um, so I think that's part of it for me. And also there's the idea of like, well, we, I have such wonderful memories with, with our tree that I love our tree mm-hmm. and, um, have no need to replace it or have a different tree. If for some reason we couldn't have this tree, then I think I would need to have the conversation again of, do we get a different fake tree or do we get a real tree? Right. But for me right now, we have this tree and I love this tree. And then also environmentally, the best thing is to continue to use the tree that you have. Yeah. Uh, and we did we did have a real tree once mm-hmm. in uh, when we had our house in South Minneapolis mm-hmm. and, uh, and it smelled great. And it let go of lots of its needles. It did. <laughs> it did. <laughs> um, so the, I think for me, I think when I was really young, we probably had real trees. I think my grandma had real trees. Then my grandma probably transitioned to a fake tree because I think my grandma really liked having new things. Like my grandma, my grandma made a big deal out of a out of the microwave and the VCR. They weren't just conveniences; they were things that she was like, "Look at my microwave! Like, would you like something in thirty seconds? Because I can make it in thirty. Like, it was a th- so I so maybe she had some investment in in a fake tree, being like, "Look what I look! You can get this." She might have had. I honestly can't remember. Like, she might have done ones where like it's white. The whole thing's white. Mm, like, yeah. She definitely had some traditional trees, but she might have had some weird ones uh, in part of her life as well. Because she, again, liked that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think my family transitioned to a fake tree. Um, I think a little bit out of that uh, maintenance. I think maybe with uh, pets interacting with needles. <laughs> I'm sure uh, my wonderful weird chihuahua Nico probably ate the needles. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I had got used to it. And I, I think I talked about this a, a bit when we were talking just, had an episode just about holiday times and, and Christmas times. I I just I like the intersection of the profound and the absurd. I like looking at something that has all of this history and this romantic power to it 
and then also the utter absurdity that it's like, yes, it is clearly manufactured. It is deeply, clearly not a real tree. Uh, there's something I like about that that intersection. Um, and then for this tree, it, I think it has just, it, it's one of those great uh, things in life where you realize that the thing itself has value, but how it interacts with our life is what, is what imbues it with true value. Mm-hmm. I know it was $20. I know it came from Walgreens. I know I bought it for a show. I can't remember which one. Because mm-hmm. like at some point I bought a tree and then it was getting beat up in a show. And then I was like, ah, I should buy another one because that one's getting too beat up. And then I, another friend had never had a Christmas tree. So I was like, I'm, uh, I'm used to going to Walgreens to buy $20 trees. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to buy him one. And uh, at some point I, in, in my living alone, it was just like, well, this is my Christmas tree. And it's a little banged up from shows, but it's mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, uh, obviously you know this, but for listeners, uh, when you and I were dating, when you and I were partner friends, you mm-hmm. were in London for a little while, came home, uh, for the holidays and we really made a, a thing of this being our tree, right. Mm-hmm. Of, um, of, I wanted to make sure that when you visited for the holidays that you felt, you know, uh, at home yeah. and that you felt festive. And I really want this to feel like your tree too. And I think, please tell me, uh, on this podcast in front of everybody, <laughs> if I'm full of hooey, uh, but did that help you accept the fake tree that it was like this tree and that you and I built a tradition around it? Oh, I'm sure it did. I, I mean, I, you did such a good job of making this tree our tree and of really making it feel like that this was our tree that year when I was, um, coming home from London. And so it has been our tree ever since then. Um, other than the one year when we had a real tree. Um, <laughs> and this poor tree is like, what? What, what did I do I wrong? <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, and I absolutely, I think that that is part of it is there wasn't, there wasn't a question about like going out and buying a fake tree. This was already our tree. Yeah. So it was just already part of our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you describe going to like an actual wooded area, like the even like the parking lot Christmas tree lots have a romance to me and they smell of pine but going to an actual forest and you know uh running around and and picking out the tree and then you know getting to it first to saw it down before somebody else picks it like (laughs) i can really see like the romance and the adventure uh but for me like you know our our tree's limbs are labeled by you know these little stickers with letters and like oh it's time to it's time to put on the d leaves the d branches that that has a little bit of like it's i've done it so we've done it together so many years Mm -hmm. that that feels special and i realize that that's absurd oh you know the the length and the difference between going to an actual forest where wood gnomes might be running away to the joy (laughs) of inserting the d branches into the d socket (laughs) (laughs) yes I will say the whole big forest thing was probably one year. Suck my brain also was the right right time of life. But I have such um I love putting together our tree. And and we have made such a wonderful routine of how we kind of our traditions of putting it together and putting up the tree. And I feel like that's to me that's part of the magic of Christmas trees is it doesn't it honestly doesn't matter if you have a tree that is one piece that you just stick out, if you have a piece a tree like ours that folds conveniently down into a small box, if you have a tree that you've picked up 
you know, at the gas station around the corner, if you've gone out to the forest to cut down a tree, if you've got a living tree that you keep outside on your porch, it doesn't matter because you still get, hopefully, have the magic of deciding this is when we're turning our attention to this tree. Yeah. This is when we're creating the tree, whatever that might be. I mean, we have a friend who I don't know if he still does it, but he had all he had a fake tree and liked where he had all of his ornaments and had a basement. So he would just put a dust cloth <laughs> over the tree every year, bring it down to the basement, and then the next year unwrap it and everything would be ready. That's pretty cool. Which is like also its own great tradition. But then you have a tree there, whatever it crazy tree it might be like my you know little swedish christmas tree which some people might look at and think is a bunch of sticks like i love that little tree too and i just i think to me that's part of the the magic is it's both festive and magic at the same time yeah okay so we've we've heard a lot about what we like about christmas trees i'm curious are there any kinds of christmas trees that are not for you right because there are the ones like that are all white mm. and, you know, uh, just kind of different styles. Is there anything that is just like, that's lovely, but that's not for me? <laughs> I think um, for me, I would say, yeah, like the super flocked trees, which is the the white, like fake snow. Yeah. Um, are not really for me. That said, if there was some like Christmas tree rotation program, I would be happy to have a weird flocked tree one year. But I wouldn't want to buy one and then not know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, I, I get enough stress out of not knowing what to do with stuff. Uh, so I would need there to be some sort of like rotation system. Uh, that's kind of the only thing that would be truly not for me that I can think of. Yeah. What about like a tree with built-in lights? Oh, I'd, I'd be up for exploring that. Okay. What if they're like zipped up and down the branch? Like uh, like there were some used cars for sale. Like, like, like the lights oh. ran up and down the branches. I would want the ability to control that. <laughs> if it sometimes could zip up and down, if we were in a zip up and down mood and sometimes could just be still. Okay, just be still Christmas tree. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like there's the Not trees. Not that festive Christmas tree. <laughs> like there are like the fiber optic yeah, trees now. They just have yeah. like little glowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and those almost more, I think there's something about them to me. Maybe it's just the technology. Maybe I haven't seen them in a while, but they it looks those look like laser pointers. It looks like they're about to do like... <laughs> The most stressful PowerPoint presentation. Like, look here, look here, look here, look here. Yeah. Yeah. Not for me, those ones. Uh, So let's talk what, obviously, the trees by themselves, beautiful. But it is the cranberries that we add that make them uh, (laughs) individual and and make them, you know, stories of our lives and holidays. So ornaments. What kind of ornaments do you like and why? Oh, such a good question. Such a hard question to answer. Um, I talked, I I mentioned it in passing. I do like ornaments that have some sort of um, connection or story, whether it's who gave you an ornament or the situation when you were given it. So there's, there's that idea that I like. I also like certain pretty ornaments. I also like things that are weird. Um, I, here's like a specific one. Sorry, I'm starting yeah. with generalizations. I'll get into specifics. I like um, having birds on our tree, <laughs> which we do have birds. And it's a very specific, My um, one of my grandmas, the one who I know did have a tree, um, would she had little like um, fake birds that had like fake feathers, but they had like little metal clampy things attached to their feet. And so she would um, just put them on the tree. I don't know if they're oh, so designed. They, they as- look like they were just kind of resting on the tree. Yeah. 
So nice. it was like they had landed on the tree. And I just always thought that was the coolest thing. Um, and so kind of in her memory, I've always wanted to have, um, since we've had our tree, because it, I didn't have the right birds for my little Swedish Christmas tree. So since we've had our tree, I've always wanted to make sure we have at least one. I think right now we have like three birds on our tree. Yeah. Um, of different, and ours don't necessarily perch. We have ones that are hang like ornaments. Yeah, they hang, they nest. Yeah. They do lots of bird stuff. They do. Yeah. They do. But yeah. I, I like, I like that. I like um, ornaments that make me think about people or think about things. Yeah, because you have some traditional ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did that. We kind of went through that exercise a couple of years ago. Or like it had been a little while. So like really remind me of what's the story of this one? What's the story of that one? Because we have a great merging of some that you had, a, a few that I had previously mm-hmm. and a lot that we've come to together. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to have a a meld of a little bit more traditional of, you know, things that are evocative of the season. We got some Santas. Uh, we have a, a fun, weird holiday bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've got uh, some just straight up balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I like having traditional things, but I also like having pop culture things, which when I was thinking about why, when I was writing up kind of notes for this, yeah, it's like ornaments are definitely they can be tracked to tr- tradition like you were saying with the hill house that you can have a historian come and go this is what they would have done and maybe this is why mm-hmm. uh and i think for me i you know having grown up in the 80s i i still believe that generation x is the first generation that didn't uh quote unquote put childish things away mm-hmm. right uh that that the entertainment that we grew up with took on a heavier meaning for us and we we embraced it a little bit more and kind of took it into our adulthood i think more than like my father's generation which i talk about a lot of like he loved roy rogers and he really liked star trek but that he didn't have those things until honestly like my brother and i got old enough to buy him stuff i'm like what did you like when you were a kid Uh we'll buy you that because you can still like those things you don't have to put them away um so, so I think I grew up with like, well, yeah, here's what's traditional, like some wreaths, you know, and then, uh, you know, something that was made at school, you know, if you, you had an assignment or whatever, or this is from my grandma, or this is a shoe and a fox. Those things are all appropriate for a Christmas tree, but pop culture. Meh. So I think when I got old enough to decide what the tree could be, I think that idea that, well, the ornaments are just, they're just little baubles of joy. They're just little things that make you happy or represent something in your life. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be limited in what that is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think probably for my generation, there was a little bit of, and I'm super generalizing here, obviously, uh, a little bit of that. I think our march through through our lives with pop culture where it was ironic at first of like, I don't think as many people, again, super generalizing, grew up with pop culture stuff all over their tree. Mm-hmm. So that idea of like, maybe it started as a little ironic and then it's just like, but now it's just like Hallmark has been doing, you know, pop culture ornaments for decades. Yeah. And now it's not as ironic. Now it's just, you know, a part of our walk through life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How do you feel about the balance between more traditional and more modern and pop culture? Um. I enjoy it, but it was it was I it was a new thing when we um, started combining our trees together because I did not have pop culture ornaments, um, and it was kind of I wasn't at all against it, but it was just kind of like okay. I mean, I think to me, I I like ornaments that have have a reason for being there, and 
whatever that reason may be, whether it's the story behind it or you it just makes you smile or whatever it is, like to me, that's what I like. And it was really clear that there were ornaments, pop culture ornaments that just make you smile. And so it was really easy for me accept, to accept that. Yeah. Um, and it's just become kind of a part of our weird fun tradition. You know, we put Han and Santa up first every year. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we, this year we have. Sorry, a, that's sharing like, too no, much. No, <laughs> that's fine. That's, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Han is just like, in, 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 it's, I, it's ironic and it's, it's comedy. So I like it. Of like Han's got, he's got a really assertive blaster out. Mm-hmm. Pose. So I like putting Santa next to him, and I I like that this is like this frozen moment of conflict, but I'm sure it all works out. Of course it does. <laughs> I'm sure Santa just surprised on, and he was like quick draw, like what's going on? Uh, but we have a great Santa this year who looks uh, actively alarmed, which I think is he great. Does. It's the moments before he's like, whoa, 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 <laughs> Han. I know you. I know who you are. You're a very good boy at heart. Let yeah. me help you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But like, um, because it is right over your shoulder. So last year, an ornament that I added to our tree um, was one of, uh, it's a little Ruth Bader Ginsburg that says Mary Resistmas, which <laughs> is one of my favorite ornaments now. And I mean, not exactly pop culture, I mean, real figure, but also like just kind of the um, impactfulness of her in life, but also like what a weird random thing to put on your tree. Yeah. Especially and- on your Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the, that's. The thing about it is, is you could you could track ornaments down and anything you decorate your tree with to like tradition, but but all, tradition is just things we decide to do and then keep doing, mm-hmm. and it, it it means what we culturally or individually choose to have it mean. And ornaments has been I think this kind of great explosion of it. Like ornaments are things that hang from the tree. That's it, and then we all get to decide what they mean, right? Yeah. You know. Yep, absolutely. Which uh, means there's some cranberries coming soon, sweetie. I would be intrigued <laughs> to see what happens to the cranberries. Yeah, as long as they don't get a Han. I <laughs> <laughs> think Han wants cranberries on him. Um, uh, lights. We do multicolored. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about all white lights? I like them. Okay, why? Um, I like multi. It's not that's nothing against multicolored. I like both. I like the multicolored. I like the all. There's something extra peaceful. I think about the all white. It reminds me of stars. Mm, okay, um, I can see that. So I like those. I am not so sold on the ones that are all one color. That on a Christmas tree, oh, like, like all blue, even like though blue, blue is my favorite color, but or all yeah. red, or all green. Like on on the outside of a house, great. Love love that idea there. But on a Christmas tree. I, I prefer either multicolored or all white. Yeah. Yeah. You I, don't like all white though, do you? I don't mind seeing it other places. I would not want it on our Christmas tree. Like mm-hmm. I would be a good partner and I would try it. I think it is strangely, I think it maybe goes to a, a little bit of your festive point of view. Mm-hmm. Like multicolored is excitement and variety. Yeah. And the white feels like very staid and appropriate. Yeah. Of like, this is the color, glowing white. That is the <laughs> color that Christmas trees... I don't know. Yeah. I honestly can't remember where in my life I made that association. I can't unpack it. But that is my association that, like, white is the, like, calm down and be appropriate. It's Christmas. Yeah. And like, the multicolor to me is like, it's Christmas. Have fun. Be creative. Make your own traditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe it is a little bit more of, like, the 
the multicolored is what makes me feel like a you know weird sentient tree being got beamed into my living room you know <laughs> yeah i can i can totally see that because like multicolored it's like that's the festive tree that's the party tree yeah and the all white is usually you know like that's the department store's uh, tree that you're not supposed to touch in the department store that's like trying to be festive but doesn't want to make a statement because <laughs> it wants to be generic so everyone's okay with it and maybe that's it maybe it's like and i don't mind seeing them i think they're pretty yeah but yeah, I, I think want, they're beautiful. I want a riot of color in our home <laughs> on our Christmas tree for myself. Uh, any other food besides popcorn and cranberries that you feel should go on a tree or that you want to experiment? You have an instinct to put any other food oh. on the tree. Oh, goodness. Um, you know, I'd be willing to try some like candied ginger or something. Oh, Interesting. Do you ever, did you ever do candy canes? Do you ever hang candy canes? Oh yeah, totally heard about that. I did too until right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we should hang some candy canes from a tree because you make us many wonderful festive cocktails, and that would be pretty cool to just uh, you make us a festive cocktail and then just we grab a candy cane off the tree. Yeah, and take the wrapping off, obviously. Yeah, and then swirl. I mean, with that, what we should really hang on the tree? Cinnamon sticks. Cinnamon sticks. Yeah, and then little bottles of gin. <laughs> everything we can just walk the tree can be the bar you can just walk up we can hang a bunch of little airplane bottles of booze and then we can mix them and little martini glasses and a little shaker and that one of my favorite uh presents the presents ornaments uh that we have recently is we got a it's just a clear plastic martini glass but it reflects light so beautifully yeah i love it it's one of my favorite ornaments uh if you could make a new tradition of a weird thing that people put on their trees, what would it be? I'm all about these cinnamon sticks. Okay. I think that's a great idea because it'll smell festive. Because that is one thing with the fake trees that you don't get is the smell. And so not that cinnamon is the same smell, but cinnamon is also like a festive holiday smell. Yeah. Um, do people hang like gingerbread cookies off their trees? Probably. Maybe you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you ask about food or am I only thinking about food now? Uh, no, I asked any other tradition, and the things that you're thinking of are food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people do hang pictures, right? A lot of people hang, like, pictures of family, like, going back to that tradition you were talking about of uh, at the Hill House of little, yeah. little framed photos, right? Yeah, and well, and I think especially there's a lot of, and I mean, I don't, I don't obviously know for sure now, but I think especially because a lot of kids make um ornaments in school and a lot of times those will have a photo in them okay yeah yeah um, yeah nice that's as mm-hmm. how high tech would you want a tree to get like if we get to that point where you have like i, mean, I guess we do we have digital uh frames but would you would you want like uh would you want like little dancing holograms if we had that technology no <laughs> i mean maybe it de- i would want the opportunity to turn it off <laughs> I love that we're discovering that you are open to any sort of experimentation as long as you can turn it off. Yeah. yeah. I'm fine with you putting cranberries on the tree as long as I can turn them off. <laughs> but, you know, like I I love the festive and I want to be able to try the new thing. So like, yep, I'm going to be like your grandma. And if it's the new thing is holograms on our trees, I want it. It's like a hologram track all the way around the tree of cranberries. 
and it just like chases <laughs> itself and it alternates between cranberries and popcorn. Oh, yeah. And then there's a little like gingerbread person chasing the cranberries and the popcorn <laughs> all the way like in a spiral up and down the tree. I'm totally there for that. But I also want to be able to make it be calm so that there can still be them magic calm time as well as the festive okay. time. Okay, yes, as long as you can turn off the uh, the hollow berries. Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. Excellent. <laughs> uh, I've saved the topper for last. Mm. Uh, we have a non-traditional top of our, our holiday Christmas tree. We do. Uh, we have a squirrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, not an actual live squirrel. <laughs> it's amazing how patient that squirrel has been. Uh, no, it's a, a, a puppet squirrel. Is it? It is a little puppet. It's a stuffed animal, but it's also got uh, some puppet technology. Oh. One can make that squirrel act things out if one wants to. I didn't even know yeah. that. Goodness. But it's just perched there at the top. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the top of the tree is where a lot of traditions, uh, different traditions can come into focus. Uh, but for you, what, what does the top of the tree mean? Honestly, less than the overall tree. Yeah. To me, it is about the overall tree. It is not about the top of the tree. Yeah. Okay. And so you are happy with our squirrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, I just, I want something. There's something about the tree in the sort of the pyramid shape that it makes sense that it comes to a big finish. <laughs> like a vaudeville mm-hmm. song. Right. That right? you're building up from the base and like this is the big high note to, to take you out of the Christmas tree, as it were, as you, yeah. you know, look from the bottom up to the top. So I like the idea of something on the top. Uh and I'm I've been extremely happy with our squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the squirrel has always been there. <laughs> has it? Yeah. From the from the first time you walked into uh the apartment when you came home from London? Yeah, pretty sure. Well, thank you for embracing uh, my <laughs> tradition that uh, I didn't remember was that long of a tradition. Is there uh, any other uh, Christmas tree thoughts that you wanted to share before we move on to our plugging section? Um, so I did just want to say I did once try to get a job at a Christmas tree farm. Oh, you did? I did. Really? Uh, mainly because I needed a job and I was looking in the want ads and uh, he wouldn't hire me because I was a girl. Oh, He couldn't no. say that. Because that would have been illegal. Um, but I was looking for a summer job. And I think I, he also like needed me longer than I was available. But he was like... A summer job? In a, to, was... to trim the... Because oh, okay. you have to trim the trees. Um, you know, keep them in the right shape and all that. And, and he didn't think I would be strong enough. Uh, this was an over-the-phone interview. Okay. Mm. He had not met me. <laughs> he had not seen the strength in your soul. That's right. Yeah. And in your arms. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's, that's a bummer. Yeah. I'll, I will look out. There's a, if you want to, you know, a secondary job. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> from your extremely okay. busy first I've, job. I've, I've, yeah, I've moved right along from that one. <laughs> <laughs> How, do you, do you think that would have only made you love Christmas trees more to take care of them all? I don't know. Summer season? I, I think some, I'm, I think it's one of those, like, you know, I'm sure we all have those, like, want ads that we called and they turned into nothing um i wonder if it would have made me like them less because i would have seen the pure like farming business side of it um and not that that's a bad side of it but it would have taken i wonder if it would have taken away some of the magic yeah um or if it would have made me like them more i mean i have no idea but he was i think i was not available long enough and he was not willing to believe me that i was strong 
uh, it makes me uh, <laughs> feel non-Christmas feelings, angry feelings. Uh-huh. Yes, but we'll keep the Christmassy feelings. Okay, uh, I'm going to take one second to turn around and look at our Christmas tree because it's behind us mm-hmm. to calm me down. Here okay. we go. Okay, I saw a frog with wings. Right? Doesn't that make everything okay? <laughs> it, it made everything better. And We've got then- a great, uh, beautifully to me, eclectic. Uh, collection of ornaments we do and i do have to say we have an ornament that's been with me for a long part of my adult life of this i don't even know what it is she's a glass ornament with a red glass body with a big white feather boa and she's right over your shoulder so uh it's great because i've been staring at her this whole time and she just brings me joy yeah she's like an icicle from the 1920s pretty much yeah Yeah. she's like a zigfield dancing icicle (laughs) She's she is pretty amazing and quite close to the frog. Yes. Yes. They make they make quite a pair. <laughs> Maybe that's a part of the fun of ornaments too, of like you connect these two and you make a story. Right. Right? Like Han and Santa. <laughs> and icicle and frog with uh with wings. Winged frog. Uh all right. I am gonna ask you to make a noise to sum up your interest and or obsession with Christmas trees. Jingle jingle jingle. <laughs> it, it's it that makes sense because it's festive mm-hmm. nice and some some ornaments have bells in them we have chosen not to put our ornaments with bells on them up on the tree because uh, they tend to make more noise than we want necessarily yeah. but so you don't need a noisy tree you don't need it to jingle every step no. like we're in a western <laughs> <laughs> christmas tree's coming uh how would you rate your obsession? I understand this is seasonal, except yeah. for when you try to get a job <laughs> at the farm <laughs> in the summer. Like, I know you like them. I'm sure if you just, if you thought of one in July or we happened to watch a movie that happens at Christmas in July and you saw a Christmas tree, you'd be like, yay, Christmas tree. Like, I, I get that you're not like, for big parts of the year, like, meh. But is your obsession just seasonal? Is it just like your, all your thoughts and your memories and your love awakens? Yeah. Yeah. I would say most of the year I'm like a three. Okay. If that. Yeah. Um, but I would say as like as part of the overall holiday experience, uh, definitely at least an eight. Mm, nice. Nice. So yeah. Come come, you know, after Thanksgiving, December first. Uh yeah, then I'm I'm definitely pretty high up there. Yeah. I think that's uh, Where are you? Yeah, I think I'm uh, I think it's an obsession that isn't like I need to go out and and do things. Like I like we've there's a great place uh, here in Los Angeles, Christmas Tree Lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a bunch of you know actual trees in people's yards that are all you know. Uh, I was gonna say dressed up, <laughs> but they're decorated up. Uh, and we drove down that, and I like that. I like seeing like the weird tree uh, in the outdoor shopping mall. You know, uh, shop, shopping malls in Los Angeles with their incredibly huge trees with just yeah. a bonkers number of lights. I, I like seeing those. But yeah, it's not like I am actively thinking about, you know, all sorts of Christmas trees all through the holiday season. Yeah. But for ours, I would say my obsession level with ours is a solid eight. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I'm, uh, I think even in years that I have been extremely busy and stressed and what I need from this season is relaxation, mm-hmm. I still really want to take the time to put the tree up because I think there's something for me about the holiday season of like, the tree is this magical symbol that can contain all mm-hmm. that it is the the uh sort of the tip of the iceberg like i go on and on on this podcast about how i like things that are just like a compact symbol of a big idea it's like it's why i really like t-shirts that are just like 
some iconography of the thing. Mm. Like I don't, no matter how cool it is, I don't want a Star Wars t-shirt that's like, here's Boba Fett and eight other characters and then the slave one taken off in the background is like, I don't want an explosion of ideas. I want one symbol. Right. You know, and I think that's just a part of my aesthetic, a part of the way I process the world. And to me, in the holiday times, I like that there's other decorations in our home. I'm happy for them, but I need the tree because that's the boom, the Mm -hmm. one icon that unlocks all the ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I agree. Like putting up, not putting up the tree is not really an option for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know that's true. I I know that's true. That that was a little harsh, but but no, but I, I do feel like it is, no matter what, it is worth it. Yeah, it is absolutely worth it. I love looking at this thing. Uh, I, uh, as we are uh, recording, there's a couple of shiny surfaces around us, and I can see the the tree, the lights reflected uh, even behind me. And knowing that there's a frog with wings right behind me, right? so thrilling. Cheering uh, you on. <laughs> well, let's move on to our plugging section then. Uh, you are on Instagram, correct? Yes, you can find me at Scream Street. Excellent. Anything else? Uh, any other places? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw. Excellent. Excellent. And here are some quick plugs uh, for this show, and then we'll do all our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Com. Uh, I am doing a New Year's Eve show with the double clicks. There is a link right on the front of my website for that show, right at josephscrimshaw.com with all of the details. Uh, you can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. And of course, if you want to uh, stay involved politically and help win those two Senate races in Georgia that are going to determine the control of the Senate, you can go to fairfight.com and still uh, support not only the candidates, but also Stacey Abrams' organization of fairfight.com that is fighting voter suppression. All right, final questions. You ready? Okay, yes. If you could be a tree for a day, what kind of tree would you want to be and and where would you want to be? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, I want to be a Douglas fir because they smell so good. And I want to be on a hillside where I can have a cool view. Nice. And also have other trees around me so I can do like some tree chatter. Okay. You, you a Douglas fir high on a tree surrounded by other Douglas firs? Yeah. High on a hill. High on a hill. Did, mm-hmm. I, did I say high on a tree? You did. <laughs> you want to be a tree growing out of a tree. That is not <laughs> what I meant. High on a hill. I, mm-hmm. th- this is so beautiful. This is so great. You basically want to be a wonderful atmospheric shot from Twin Peaks, which makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why did you pick Douglas firs? Is it because they are? What about Douglas firs is, is like a a seminal tree to you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, they. Um, I love the smell. I love just kind of the. There's just something. I, I think you know both you and I had short periods of our childhood when we, when we lived in the Pacific Northwest, right? And so I think there's a little bit of a specific magic about the Pacific Northwest that we share from our own individual childhood experiences. Yeah, so I and think being exposed to that at a relatively young age and then mm-hmm. leaving it makes it even more magical. Exactly. So I think there's a lot of it is from that. But then every time I go back to the Pacific Northwest and, um, you know, am in an area that has a lot of, especially a lot of trees and Douglas firs, 
there's just something about it that I feel extra invigorated. Um, and, and it, and it's still, because it's not a normal part of life, it just feels fun and different and beautiful. And like, there's moisture in the air, but not necessarily rain. Cause I know it rains, no, it rains <laughs> a lot, but like, like the air is the right amount of like moisture dryness balance. Yeah. And there's a good smell and there's probably a good view cause there's lots of mountains. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just something that just has always spoken to me. That's great. I will be a, a Douglas fir next to you. It, Sounds if good. It magically allowed. Sounds good. We uh, can hold roots <laughs> instead of holding hands. <laughs> Imagine the other Douglas fir looking over like, you, you two holding roots. <laughs> uh, if Santa was real and he could bring you any item for Christmas, what would you want him to leave under the tree? Oh my gosh. I mean, are we big Big picture. Whatever. In any item. There's a virus that could go away. (laughs) Leave not virus under the tree. (laughs) Just banish it. Leave a a, a little wand that magically banishes virus. Yeah. I think that you're so generous. I mean, that seems pretty good. If it's it's just for me, I mean, I'd take like a nice crusty loaf of bread and some good cheese. (laughs) This is a hell of a list to give Santa. <laughs> a magic wand that erases uh, the deadly virus for the entire globe. Or if that's too much, <laughs> some bread and cheese. I, I think that's <laughs> a very solid answer. I have no follow-up questions. Uh, the final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness? Happiness is getting to... Honestly, getting to stare at a tree like I have been getting to for the last hour because it's behind your head and I have a perfect <laughs> shot of it. No, it's getting to have both the the joy and festivity of a tree with ornaments and whatever makes you happy about a tree and also having that moment of calm within the chaos and light within the darkness that a tree with lights can provide and hoping that that brings whatever sort of peace you need at that time. That is just a great summary of uh, not only this podcast, but Christmas trees. So thank you very much. What a great answer to what is happiness. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. How do you feel about trees that are just balls? That just has nothing, no other ornaments, just lights and balls. Um, I mean, they're pretty. They're very pretty. When, like when they're out, of, a lot of those you'll see like in public places. Yeah. And I think that's perfect because that's, I, I think they're beautiful. Um, and if so, that's what somebody chooses because that is what makes them happy for, with a Christmas tree for their own tree is to have lights and balls and that's it. I, I love it. I think it's beautiful. What about tinsel? I forgot to talk about tinsel. Oh, I mean, tinsel, goodness. We used to put tinsel on our tree. We Did we? Ha- no, I, I, oh, when I was little. Your family. Yeah, we had like a package of tinsel that I think lasted us for years and would get everywhere. <laughs> um, I mean, tinsel is, is, gosh, <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs>